Welcome to Prairie Craft Almanac, a podcast about craft, nature, and simple creative living. I'm your host, Leanne, and today I'm talking about almanacs, and I'm also talking about mending. Uh, I've got another garden update, and there's more. First off, I just wanted to address some sort of housekeeping items. Um, If you are a long-time listener, or if you've just listened to a few other episodes, you might notice that I've gotten rid of the original theme music I had. Um, I just wanted to mention this, not that it matters that much. Um, I'm kind of wanting to look for something a little more simple and kind of more mellow, I guess. So if you're curious what happened to it, that's it. Um, I'm wanting to change things up, and it's not a big deal, and I'm sure nobody really cares that much (laughs) other than myself, but I might be experimenting with that, so if you don't hear the typical theme that you're used to, that is why. Also, our ICT SOS fundraiser that I mentioned in the last episode, um, so far you guys have donated $105.00. But I do have pouches still available, and I would love to double that amount. We've sold about half of them, so we could get another 105 donated to ICT SOS if I can sell the rest. Um, so if you haven't checked those out yet, um, the link is in the show notes. And I would love to continue supporting the work that ICT SOS is doing to help survivors of human trafficking in Wichita. And last of all, and this kind of ties into the greater theme of this episode, I am going to try to implement a more of an almanac type of format with this show. That's why I called it Prairie Craft Almanac in the first place. And that was the initial idea. And I honestly, I feel like I've had this conversation before uh, (laughs) with myself anyway, but for whatever reason, I'm really bad about doing the things I think I'm going to do. And honestly, this shouldn't change the show that much. It's just more of a shift I think I need to make in my own mind. If anything, it probably will mean that I will talk about more things. Um, If you don't know the actual definition of an almanac, it's an annual calendar containing important dates and statistical information, such as astronomical data or tide tables, or a handbook typically published annually containing information of general interest or on a past time. So, I mean, as it is, sure, this show could technically be part of an almanac. Um, But one thing I find really appealing about, say, the old farmer's almanac is just how there are a lot of sometimes seemingly random facts um, and trivia And I like how the information, whether it's practical or whimsical, is organized into little snippets you can browse through quickly, or you could sit it down and read the whole thing. The idea of an almanac to me is just sort of cozy, I guess. Of course, I like the fact that most almanacs are really strongly tied to agriculture and have a lot of information about things that are important in what might be called simple or slow living. So they're just sort of comforting in a way. So, I have this idea for how I want the podcast to be, and I don't know if I'll achieve it, or if I do, whether it will even be perceptible to anyone else, but that's just what I've been thinking about, so I thought I would share that with you. And in the spirit of getting in the spirit 
of a real life almanac. I'm excited to share with you that the dog days of summer, which began in July, will end on August 11th. And then cat nights begin on August 17th. <laughs> I'm happy about the dog days coming to an end because that means it'll be getting cooler soon or <laughs> eventually anyway. The dog days are so named because they are the days following the rise of Sirius the dog star, which Hellenistic astrology connected with heat, drought, sudden thunderstorms, and bad luck. Although I really wouldn't mind a sudden thunderstorm right about now. But what exactly are cat nights? The Old Farmer's Almanac tells me this comes from an obscure Irish legend. It's based on an old belief that a witch could turn herself into a cat eight times, but on the ninth time, which was August 17th, she couldn't regain her human form. And this is supposedly where the idea of a cat having nine lives comes from. Um, but I was curious about this little fact. Why is August 17th supposedly the last night? Where did that specific date come from? So I tried to research online a little bit, and I couldn't find any other sources that talk about cat nights. Yes, there were Irish legends about witches becoming cats, but beyond that, I couldn't find anything that tied them to August, August 17th, or anything called cat nights at all outside of the old farmer's almanac. There were a few other personal blogs I found that talked about cat nights, but all their information was clearly just copied and pasted from the Old Farmer's Almanac website. So were cat nights indeed invented by the Old Farmer's Almanac? Maybe. Or I could be wrong. Just because I can't find another source doesn't mean that it's not out there. If anybody happens to know whether this is really a thing, let me know. But even if they did just make it up, it's still, it's kind of charming. But I was thinking, maybe I, maybe Prairie Craft Almanac should declare a special observance of a certain amount of time based on some obscure legend. I don't know. Let's, let's give it some thought. Lately, I have really been utilizing my library's catalog of ebooks. It's one of those really simple things that you can do, and it's just so incredibly helpful. If you have an e reader or a phone or a tablet or even a laptop, it's such an amazing resource. Like, I just marvel that I have access to so many books for free, and I can look at them whenever I want without ever having to leave the house. Honestly, it is a privilege. If you have that kind of technology and it's a blessing, if you have this kind of access to knowledge and there's a good chance that you do if you're listening to this podcast, you you must utilize it, really. You really should. Seriously, check out your library's online catalog. They also have audiobooks most of the time. So, I mean, who needs Audible? Anyway, I recently checked out Mending Matters by Katrina Rodabaugh. And I may be saying her name incorrectly, so I do apologize for that. But this is a book with a bunch of mending projects and tutorials, but because I was reading on a small black and white Kindle screen, I didn't get to see the beautiful color illustrations that are in the actual print book. And I didn't pay too much attention to the tutorials. But I did enjoy focusing on the discussion about mending and what it means to the author. I really also appreciated that she included a lot of other menders to check out. And so 
I looked at their blogs and their Instagrams and they were really inspiring. I've also been thinking about my own mending practices, which have um, kind of been non-existent recently. I did patch a hole in a pair of jeans a few weeks ago, but beyond that, I haven't really been embracing mending simply because I haven't had anything to mend. Mostly these days, when I go anywhere outside the house, I'm probably going to the garden, so I just crawl into the same old t-shirt and ratty pants. But I do need to go through my wardrobe and see what might be mended or adjusted. I'm looking forward to the chance to make some visible mends. Visible mends are exactly what they sound like. Fixes or patches or darning that is meant to show. I think there's definitely a time and a place for repairing clothing in such a way that the repair is invisible or that you can't detect it easily. But there is something so whimsical and you know I love whimsy, about letting patches and stitches and frayed edges show themselves off and become their own design element, really. Also, when you know a garment has been damaged and then mended with intention, it quietly but confidently sends a message that clothing isn't something to be thrown away just because it's suffered some wear and seen some things. So much is becoming viewed as disposable in today's world, and this attitude is so harmful in so many ways, I think. We need to realize that whether it's clothing or tools or just something in our homes, a little bit of wear is no reason to get rid of something. It doesn't make it less valuable. In fact, it can enhance it in some cases. I think it's so ironic that in this disposable fast fashion world, people are buying jeans and other garments with holes or bleach spots or distressing built in when they're brand new. I'm gathering together a lot of little scraps from my studio um, and putting them in a mending basket that I will have ready when I need it. Have you done something similar? Do you enjoy mending or would you like to learn more about it? I really, really hope this fall I'll get a chance to do some. And I am so excited for pumpkin season. I was afraid I planted my pumpkins a little too late, but some of them have really taken off, so I do have hope for getting some great gourds <laughs> before it freezes. It also seems like in recent years, um, the first frosts have been coming a little later, so there may be more time than I think. I think it might also be too late for me to try planting my cabbage seeds, but I'm still going to try anyway because honestly the seeds are so old I don't know if I have much to lose um, if I don't try something with them this year I'm pretty sure they're gonna have even less of a chance of germinating next year even if those seeds come to nothing though I know I can rely on my favorite local garden shop hillside feed and seed because they always have a ton of great vegetables and carry a lot of different fall plants including cabbage and Brussels sprouts I feel like a lot of places that sell vegetables in the spring and summer don't necessarily continue that into the fall so much. Um, I don't know if this is just because most people are wore out by then and don't want to do a lot of fall gardening, or if they just don't realize that even though the weather is getting cooler, the garden season is not ending by any means. There are a lot of things I'm planting and I plan on planting for fall and even winter. I also want to plant more beets and, of course, turnips, and 
daikon radishes, although I wasn't crazy about them, but I do want to give them another shot. Um, I also hope to do some spinach and maybe carrots. I, I don't know if it's too late for carrots. I think it might be too late for parsnips anyway, which is too bad because I did plant some, but they didn't really come up. Um, <laughs> I'm having really bad luck with those. I don't know. Maybe it's too late. But I'm also hoping that this fall or definitely next year, um, I will begin to transform the lawn that I have now into a pollinator-friendly space. I really want to begin planting more native plants, and I don't think I've talked about this before, but uh, I, I should do an episode on traditional lawns because the lawn as we know it right now is actually not good for the environment, um, and dare I say harmful to the environment. I, I, yes, sometime I will go into more detail about this, but basically planting native plants is much healthier than cultivating a carpet of chemical laden grass, not to mention, I think it's far more interesting. There's a small property, um, in the little town that I frequently go to and the entire lawn is planted with native flowering pollinator friendly plants and it is so stunning. So it's definitely something I want to make an effort to do myself very soon. Okay, I've been thinking about that special observance I want to declare. I think early fall will be a great time for this because I love early fall. So let's have it be the last Tuesday in September through the first Monday in October. Obviously, our holiday should include crafting and nature and whimsy, of course. And right now I'm thinking about pumpkins and cool autumn evenings and some form of stitching. But I will have to give it a little more thought before I decide which obscure prairie legend it's based on. I will keep you updated, though. In fact, I might have just thought of something right now, but I'm going to give it a little more thought before I say anything. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. If you have any questions or are interested in my free tutorials or patterns or just anything else I'm doing, be sure to visit my website. You can find it at mothandrustdiy.com. Moth and Rust is not only my DIY blog, but it's also a line of one-of-a-kind handcrafted goods and spoonflower fabrics and knitting patterns, so be sure to give that a look if you haven't yet. As always, I will be including links uh, to my site and social media pages and shop pages in the show notes of this episode, or in the video description if you happen to be listening on YouTube. I hope you are well, and I hope to be talking with you again very soon.